Do you wish that you could spend less time editing? Yes, I do too. And if you said no, you're lying. To make your editing life easier, let's talk about our podcast sponsor today, Filter Pixel. Filter Pixel is an AI culling application that helps you organize your photos post shoot. It's literally so fast and it'll automatically select your best photos based on focus and eye quality. I've been using Filter Pixel and not only does it load my RAWs so fast, it also sorts my photos within minutes. Yes, minutes. Filter Pixel sorts my photos into different categories so I can know which photos have issues and which don't. And it even creates tags based on the pose and the type of photo. So it will do a tag like perfect focus, dancing, and even hugs. Once you start using Filter Pixel, you're going to have so many less culling hours that you're going to have more happy hours. Go to filterpixel.com and use the code OSHOOT for 10% off. That's filterpixel.com for 10% off. It'll also be linked in the description. everybody. Welcome back to yet another episode of Oh Shoot. I'm here talking with Hannah Elise. Hannah Elise Photo, I think is what she technically goes by. But (laughs) (laughs) um, yeah, so we're here. We are here to talk about lots of different things, destination weddings, style, film, social media, literally all of it. Um, She's really fun to follow on Instagram. So Hannah, say hi, introduce yourself a little bit. Just tell everyone who you are. Okay. Um, so, Hey, I'm Hannah wise. I live in Pensacola, Florida, and, um, I am a couple and wedding photographer. I've lived in Florida for about three years. And before that I'm from Arizona. I have two dogs, um, that I'm obsessed with and, um, I'm married. I'm a big people person. I just love going to the beach. I love traveling. I love sunshine. Like it is <laughs> embedded into my soul. I just love, um, being outside and so yeah, that's a little bit about me. Yeah. And it's funny you say that you love like outside and sunshine. Cause literally just from following you, you can tell that that is like 100% your vibe, like all of your photos and like all of your content is so bright and fun and just like smiley. And like, you can tell, like, Thank that's you. like your brand, like you are your brand. So good. Yes. For you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. I was definitely like, it's kind of nice when you just like have something that it's, that you feel like connected to, I guess, with your personality and something you can like kind of weave into your brain. I mean, like sun, sunshine and seashells on the beach aren't like exactly like probably be easier to brand like a coffee shop with that than it is a photography business, but yeah, but no, I love it. It's really fun. Cool. So walk me through how you got started in photography. So like where it started and your transition to doing it full time, like walk me through all of it. Cool. Um, okay. So when I was also, I'm going to be so bad at like looking off. I feel like I never hold eye contact during conversation. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so like, okay. Um, okay. So whenever I was, um, probably like 15 or 16, um, I started using my dad's like Olympus camera. I just, I don't know. I just picked it up one day and was like, Oh, photography. And just started taking pictures of like the flowers outside, you know, the whole typical thing. And I loved, I think I was just like mostly drawn to like the depth of field, like just like the blur in the background and everything. So I was like always just doing like a post shots of like plants or whatever, like not really landscape stuff. Then I started taking that camera to like nanny jobs, taking pictures of the kids. And, um, the moms were always like, Oh, you're so good. And I was like, Oh, Thanks. Like I really was not, but, um, hyped me up a little bit. So I was like, cool. So I started just, um, taking it to more and more things and then would never have even fathom charging. Honestly, did not really do much with it in high school. Like I was not very driven. I did not have like a job in high school. Okay. I take that back. I babysat and nannied, but like, I was not like, let's save up for college. Like I was an every diamond American Eagle. So (laughs) we're not, not very driven. Definitely not like let's have a six figure photography business when I was 17. So I went to college, um, at 18 just for a year and took the same camera, didn't even have like a prime lens at all. And, um, just borrowed like a 50 millimeter from a girl who's like in the, in like a photography class that I was friends with. So I would like borrow that from her, take it to like shooting, shooting with friends. And I feel like I kind of became known as like a photography girl. Like people would, when, you know, when you're in college and you're like making friends and you're just like, let's do lunch, let's do lunch, let's do lunch. And you're just like meeting a lot of people. I feel like every time I did lunch with somebody, they'd be like, 
um, oh, we should go take photos. And I was like, (laughs) 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 Um, I'm like, okay, you want to use me? Cool. So um, we would like, just, I just like did it on the side, seriously, still really wasn't considering making a business out of it until I met with like my financial aid advisor. And he was like, how are you going to pay for college? And I was like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I literally went back to my dorm room, made a Facebook page, made an Instagram. Um, and then like DM'd a girl that was like the photographer on campus. And was like, Hey, can we meet up and chat about like everything? Asked her about pricing, how to get a website, like what she thought I was worth and like pricing wise and everything, just literally knew nothing, like Mm -hmm. follow nobody, no aspirations. So that was literally, I was like 18 or 19. And then, um, I ended up eloping after a year of college and got married that, that next summer and just pretty much like had no plan in life. Didn't really want to go back to school right away for graphic. I was doing graphic design. Didn't really want to go back to school and, um, just literally worked at a salon part-time and, um, did photography kind of on the side, started doing a little bit more, gave my dad his camera back and some family helped us buy really like crazy, crazy poor. Some, some family helped me buy like a Canon ADD and not even full frame, didn't do any research. They just like took me to Best Buy and said like, pick one. And I was like, mm, this one has a touch screen. Let's go with this one. <laughs> so pick that out, shot, like just literally anything, family, seniors, whatever. Um, just through being, I was a military spouse. So like through military, just like through spouses pages and stuff, found people to shoot, mm-hmm. which is like, Hey, does anybody want to do like couples pictures? And then just slowly that first year being married, I think I just started following people like India Earl, Emily Majors, Majors, however you say that. Um, just like a lot of different big photographers for me at the time. And mm-hmm. just kind of started like realizing what, like there was like this whole photography community and like this whole world. And um yeah, kind of started slowly getting goals, realizing I wanted to do couples and weddings. Um, Andy Avery photography. I don't know if you know who she is, mm-hmm. but she, um, she, I think we were DMing one time or maybe she put on her story and she was like, only post what you want more of. So I started like niching down, only posting couples photos. Um, didn't even have a more, a full frame camera yet. Even still finally got one a little bit later, but I rented a few times at a bunch of shoots, only posted those finally mm-hmm. got a Mark four once we moved here. And then pretty much once we moved to Pensacola, I just went ham with the couples, reaching out to people, shooting for free all the time was nanning full time at this point. Okay. Um, yeah, my husband was like, really wanted me to have like a set, like number that we, I could reach pretty much every month. Like, ha- like it wasn't like, Oh, let's just risk it. It was like, he wanted me to have like a set financial goal yeah. that was like pretty achievable. Cause I had like weddings booked or whatever to go full time. So then I finally went full time, like probably like two years into living here and maybe a year and a half. And I was like, like so hungry to go full-time at that point. Like I like hate it. Like I didn't hate manning, but I was so like mentally out of it and just like ready. Yeah. Um, so yeah, then I went full-time and just started like, obviously you can pour so much more time into it when you're full-time and just like, just get bigger, just get like better and better. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And then I started like, once I had weddings booked continuously, I was like, Hey, I want to transition to travel weddings and Yeah. yeah. Cool. When was it that you switched to full-time? Do you remember what year it was? Hmm. Yes. Let me see. I think it was probably, gosh, we moved here and that feels so short ago, but maybe it was. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, Ooh, that's not long enough ago. Okay. I think it was 20. I think it was like March, 2020. Okay. Because we moved here in 2018 and I swear it was probably like a full year Mm -hmm. um, of just being like, I want to be full-time so bad. And then, um, but I mean, I pretty much was full-time. It just like, I I had enough book that other people probably would have just gone full-time. We just had like very high goals for going full-time because I had such a great job. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I would say like February, March, 2020. Yeah. I asked because I went full-time in December, 2020 and I was like, oh, we're very close in like the time that we went full time. Yeah. But I was in like a same boat where like I was definitely putting in full time work. Like I had full time work, but I just was like doing another job on the side at the I same know. time. And yeah. so it, it felt like I was full time for longer, but I really wasn't because mm-hmm. like you really don't realize how much like t- an extra 20 hours a week, you know, impacts yeah. your business. So yeah. 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 No, I definitely was not in like a good headspace that full year. Like I loved my nanny job and I love kids and I loved nannying, but it was, I mean, it's just so much like to go do a shoot right after working from like eight to five. And then you can't really do shoots in the winter at all because 
like the sun goes down at four o'clock. So yeah. it was just not, it was just a hard time. I de- definitely feel like I was so ready, but yeah. Um, couldn't. So yeah. Anyways. Cool. So, um, what is your camera brand and lens of choice? I kind of have a feeling based on the fact that you said you have a Mark four, but what lens do you like to? Yeah. So obviously the Canon 5D Mark four, I love it. Mm. I haven't switched to mirrorless yet. Sue me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. But, um, yeah. And then the 35 millimeter 1.4 L series. Okay. Um, and I just got, um, shameless plug for this lens because I just did not know about it. And then I shot with it at, at a wedding that my friend, she was like second shooting for me. And I actually borrowed it for the whole reception. Literally just came in the mail, the 24 to 70. Yeah. The Canon 2470. Mm-hmm. And I'm literally obsessed. I've only used it a few times on hers, but I'm so excited to use it for like the being able to just get the wide shots and get the zoom. I'm probably just okay. gonna stop at 85. I literally hate my 85. You think? So. Okay, cool. Yeah. I I've always wanted to get a 24 to 70. I've used them like in the past, like mm-hmm. for my other job, I was working as a photographer and I had okay. a 24 to 70. Yeah. Um, but for me, it's just the F stop. It just really gets me for dancing shots, I could see it being helpful for my style because I do bring up my aperture that high anyway. So it's like, okay. And like travel and stuff. But I don't know when it comes to portraits, like I do not want my F stop at 2.8, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I don't think I'll use it for portraits. I Mm kind of want it for, I just want it for like tight situations on wedding days. Cause I just shot at a wedding in Pigeon Forge, Tennessee. And it was like, very small balcony overlooking like the mountains okay. and we were trying to do like a giant wedding party and it was like and there were chairs and it was a whole thing so being able to have her 24 mm-hmm. um was so nice okay. and um I I did really like it for like just shooting shooting the reception just being able to get like the, it's just like gives it like a whole like dancing vibe I don't know yeah. it was really cool okay. um and then the 70 I feel like it's kind of enough is like pretty much enough zoom that you need I mean it's obviously not as zoom as 85 Um, it's not as close and whatever, literally can't think of any technical term right now, but yeah. Um, but I really want to, I I don't think I'm, I think maybe I'll wear it. Like, like you said, for travel shoots, if it's like a pretty landscape, I think it'd be fun to have the 24 on like my dual harness, but, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I probably wouldn't use it. My friend uses it like literally for everything. She's obsessed. She made like a full switch and like barely puts her 35 on. I don't, I'm I'm like the 35 Colt. But. Yes, I, I am too. I'm a 35 girl all the way. <laughs> okay. Yes. So let's transition to talking about destination weddings. Um, so you touched on it brief, briefly, but um, if you want to dive in a little bit deeper on how you got started shooting travel weddings and like what that looked like for you. Yeah. Um, okay. So, so Pensacola is, a, there's a big Navy base here. And so there's like a lot of people coming in and out, um, through the Navy base. So a lot of couples that I would shoot with for their engagement sessions, they, they would like find me through like Pensacola wedding photographer hashtag. Cause I used to hashtag like a lot just for local stuff. Mm-hmm. And so they would find me through that hashtag. We do an engagement session and, um, they would like, we would get chatting. I'd be like, Hey, what are you doing for your wedding? And they'd be like, Oh, it's back home in Indiana or whatever. And I'd be like, Oh, I travel for weddings. And, you know, if you make a good enough impression and a good enough connection, like my husband's like dad's all like my husband's parents or grandparents are always like asking me, oh, how do I like literally how are people bringing you like places to shoot their like they just don't can't even fathom. And I'm like, yeah. seriously, it's just like that personal connection. Like there's so many photographers, there's so many local photographers probably for them. But it's like mm-hmm. if they feel connected to you, that's a big deal. So through like doing those engagement sessions, I kind of got my foot a little bit in the door, just like a wedding in Indiana, a wedding in Austin, Texas. So just like did those. And I think back then I wasn't including travel in my packages. I was just like, Oh, I'll stay at your aunt's house or like pick me up from the airport type of thing. Yeah. And that a few times it was fine. Like seriously, all those, most of the couples were great, but there was like a few situations where my ride got drunk at the wedding. And like, I wasn't sure who's gonna take me to the airport the next morning, stuff like that, where I was like, okay, I just need to like get a rental car, get a hotel, like be done. Like and then I really started hearing through the grapevine, just like other photographers saying that like a bulk package, um, putting your, including your pricing and just giving them one number yeah, is so much better than being like, Oh yeah, here's my package price. And like, we can try to find me a flight and like, however you want to pick me up is fine. Like they just want to know you'll be there and this is the price right. and they don't have to deal with anything. Mm-hmm. So I kind of transitioned to doing that probably in like, probably honestly in like 2020, 2021, 2021, just like not 
not cutting any corners on like the travel stuff mm-hmm. um, and just giving them a flat number. I mean, you can give them a low flat number if you want. Like if you really want to book it, that's fine too. Um, so I kind of started doing that. And then um, I'm trying to think like, just like think the timeline. So I started mm-hmm. doing those travel weddings. Um, I didn't honestly do the, I know a lot of photographers like swear by just like traveling a lot on your own dime and then just like setting up shoots along the way. Yeah. I am like the poster child of like never going to workshops, like never doing like a bunch of trips and like setting up free shoot, like setting up free shoots. Like I would, if I booked a wedding, I'd try to set up shoots while I was already there, but I didn't like spend a lot. And I don't know if I would do that again, the same way. I think like you can probably take off a lot faster if you just have so much content. Like I'm totally willing to admit that that's probably the case. Okay. For me personally, with getting into travel, I really haven't felt like the whole like travel to travel has really made a big difference for me because okay. I booked um, literally a Greece wedding, an Italy wedding, two Cancun weddings, a Tulum wedding, a Bahamas wedding off of shooting in Alaska like two years ago um, on a lens that like it was a Sigma and it just the photos were just so bad. Um <laughs> <laughs> like no hate on Sigma. Some people love their Sigmas, but mine was like so out of focus. Mm-hmm. Don't really have any usable photos from that wedding. I shared like literally posted once. And then I posted like a handful of times from like a Yosemite vow renewal. Like they were in wedding clothes basically um, okay. that I did. And I went to Utah like last spring, posted a little bit, posted like some from that. But seriously, like I... I just have never felt like I had to go to Italy to book Italy or like, yeah. which most people don't, but like, I felt like I booked a fair bit of international stuff off of like, not having the giantest portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of how I feel like I did that was, um, so like the three big things that I always tell people, first of all, it's just common sense, but people, honestly, it's kind of not. Cause I think people just kind of get scared on Instagram to like, keep like harping on something, but seriously, like you have to got, you've got to be broken record. Like you've Mm -hmm. just got to be like, um, I travel and like, just like, I would say like, whenever I do mentorship, I tell somebody like twice a week, three times a week, post a place that you want to go to your story and be like, who wants to elope here? Because like, I have like every elopement that I've booked, I have like a story behind it. Like, like one, one elopement that I booked in Greece was like, um, they ended up moving to Colorado because of COVID. Rip. But um, <laughs> I love Colorado. No, <laughs> no shade, but I mean, it was Greece, you know what I'm saying? So anyways, um, it was just like one of those days where I post a picture of Greece and she responded. I was like, oh yeah, me and my, me and my fiance were, um, we're actually thinking about loping in Greece. Like, do you have any recommendations? And um, that kind of started the conversation going. And literally within like 24, 40 hours, she was like sending me pictures of her dress and like had a whole itinerary planned, dates picked and was like, hey, will you be our photographer? Wow. Like, so that's just like an instance of like why I really recommend doing that. I, I having your travel schedule in your bio, like where you're going next, mm-hmm. also invaluable. Um, obviously, it's kind of hard. Like if you're not going to Italy next, it's kind of hard to um, put in Italy next and like get people <laughs> to reach out and be like, "Hey, um, yeah, when are you gonna be in Italy?" But I get a lot of like now like other opportunities through having those places in my bio. So. Mm-hmm you know, wherever you can get a booking for as soon as you have it, like put it in your bio or if it's just like a family trip, whatever, if you're going anywhere, just like put it in your bio. Right. Um, that's like a huge way to book. So just like talking about it over and over again, talk about it to your hair, like while you're getting your hair done to your hair girl, like you never know, maybe she's been thinking about eloping. Like you just need to be like, I'm an eloping photographer. Like it needs to be, it needs to exude out of you. Like at least once a day, if it's Mm -hmm. through a reel, through a post posting to your stories, like make people sick of hearing about it because the right person will not be sick about sick of hearing about it. And it'll just like dawn on them. Like, Oh, I didn't know she wanted to go there. Like, let me reach out to her. Cause like, I've been thinking about loping there, you know? Right. Yeah. So, um, that's kind of what I would say. Like, um, trying to think if there's anything else. Yeah, I, no, that was really good. Honestly, you have me thinking about all the places that I'm traveling this year and I have not even advertised it at all. And I'm over here, like, <laughs> put in bio, like yeah. on my stories. Cause like literally you don't think about it. Like the places that you're no. going, like you just kind of, I don't mm-hmm. know with everything that goes on. It, it just doesn't really, you don't think like, Oh, maybe there's someone in Europe who is watching my story. is going to see that I'm traveling to Greece and wants to fly me to Paris mm-hmm. for an elopement the next week. You know, like you don't think that, but you never know who's consuming your content. Yeah. You never know who's 
firsthand experiencing your brand and already is set on like wanting to go to a place and all they needed was hearing you say, I'm going to be there. And they're like, all right, let's do it. Like I've made so many impulse decisions from just seeing someone's story and being like, yeah, I want to do that. Like literally like if someone's like, I'm looking for a model in wherever Alaska, Mm -hmm. I, I would sit there and be like, Hmm, could I model? Yes. Do I want to go to Alaska? Yes. I'll DM them. Yeah, I'll do it. You know? And it's just like an impulse thing just because you see a story. So, um, I really, really appreciate everything you just said. You're really hitting home for me and probably a lot of people listening (laughs) too. (laughs) I do have, I just thought of one more thing that like goes along with what you just said. I had like, I shot a proposal for one of my husband's friends and, um, like I wasn't really friends with them. He was friends with them, like through the gym. And I shot their proposal. I know for a fact, they don't like know really any other photographers in the area. Like Mm -hmm. they loved their photos. Everything was great. They ended up eloping, like having a very small intimate wedding in Hawaii. And I found out about it, like after they booked the resort and everything. And I like messaged them. I was like, cause Tim like told me came home from the gym one day and he was like, oh, they're getting married in Hawaii. And I was like, oh, so I reached out to them and I was like, okay, so are you, are you booking me? And they were like, oh shoot. Like we already booked the resort photographer. Like we didn't know you travel. And this was like literally like nine months ago. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) so that's why I'm like, you have to harp on it. Like, even if you just like do feel like a broken record, obviously you want to say, you want to kind of like establish your goals. So like if somebody's main goal is to travel, like make all your reels about that, make everything about that. Like get the funny, relatable content, like post, like pick, like my friend, one of my friends did like a, a cool reel one time. And it was like, so many pictures of just like all these different beautiful spots. And she was like, tap to find where you should elope. And it's like, it just goes through it quickly. So like when you tap, it's like, I don't know, it's just like a fun little, you know, yeah, yeah. little ideas like that. I'm always like giving people like ideals, like in mentorships, like do this real, do this, do this, do this, like mm-hmm. just post about it constantly. So, right. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. that's really good advice. Like at the end of the day, you just, like you said, you want to be a bro- broken record and make sure that you got your point across because you just, you never know, know. what, video or what post or what blog is going to hit home from for someone and get you a booking like truthfully I've gotten bookings from the most random of my reels like and I'm just like (laughs) why in the world did you decide to book me from this but like just showing up and posting like literally yeah I mean consistent like sometimes it won't work out like I literally posted something the other day and I was like, who wants to open Italy next year? And literally I didn't get any messages from it, but like I could post that a week from now and it could be right after somebody had a tough conversation with their parents about their wedding. And they're just like, I'm so tired of planning a full wedding. I want to elope. And then mm-hmm. they can see your story. It's just timing, you know, honestly. Like, so just stay consistent with it. And even if you feel like something's not working, like I can per- personally attest having in your bio and posting about it on your stories and like making reels and just branding yourself like that yeah. totally works. And like one last thing I'll say about this. I was thinking about this recently, like kind of try not to be, and this is just like for people listening, not like for you. I'm like Cassidy, try not to be. <laughs> but like in general, just like something I've been learning is like, try not to be like a pick me girl about it. Try to be like, I am an international wedding photographer mm-hmm. rather than like, please, like, I hope you guys know that I travel, like, please, like, you know, that verbiage of just like confidence. Yes. I think it's also very important to like communicate that it's not like, please, please, please bring me like, I want to share your wedding. Like, yeah, be hype, be excited. Like, don't be afraid to like show a little emotion about it. But like mm-hmm. in general, when you're wording your reels and your posts, um, I don't know, like just try to like be, try to come across with confidence. Like if you were yeah. reading, do you think that person like just does it regularly and this is run of the mill, but like, Hey, if you want to go here, like bring me, or is it like, please, 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 please. I really want to get into travel, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The confidence has a lot to do with it. And I think it's also just the fact that someone's looking for a confident photographer when they're booking in a place that you've never been, and maybe they've never been either, but especially you've never been you have to be over the moon confident about it because of like locations and like, I don't know, just the fact that you're confident that you can show up to a place you've never been and shoot and make it look beautiful. Um, it's, it starts like in yourself, truly. Like I am a destination photographer. (laughs) 
boom, like I am, right? Like I said it. Like, I think therefore I am. Yes, like I can do it. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Let's transition to talking about posing um, because I'm very interested to hear your posing approach. Like how do you approach it? What, what are some of the things that you do? Walk me through um, just all of it. Yeah. Okay. So um, a few years ago, I remember driving to a session. Maybe I hadn't shot in a few weeks and I remember feeling like, oh, like I don't remember any of my poses. I need to scroll through like Instagram, all my favorite photographers. And I need to save a bunch of these. I need to screenshot these. I need to have this for reference. And I was just kind of feeling down on myself. I was like, I don't know. Like, I just don't feel like I can get creative, blah, blah, blah. And, um, as I was scrolling Instagram, it just kind of hit me like all my favorite photographers, and this is not to throw shade on anybody, but like all my favorite photographers were not reinventing the wheel when it came, when it came to posing, Mm -hmm. either they were doing something super basic in like a gorgeous location and kind of letting the landscape speak for the photo. Um, and then like the, just the subtle emotion of like the couples literally just chest to chest, like holding each other or, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever. And, or like if it's Annie Graham, for instance, or India Earl or something, like I noticed, okay, like what they're doing, their couple, that couple is like, the guy's just like helping her up a rock, but like, it's the way that she sees it. And it's like the way that she photographs it, or it's the way that she crops it in. Um, or like, you know, everyone's big and like, put screen wrap over your lens or whatever. Like, I'm not sure how much like India Earl and Annie Graham have done that, but like, just in general, like the way basically all these like big photographers I was looking up to, I kind of realized like nobody's reinventing the wheel. Like, Mm -hmm. yes, there are some posing these days. People are getting editorial. They're getting like pretty creative with it. But in general, for like the average couple session, you're not going to like do a lot of crazy stuff with them. But like, how do you get those unique shots without it just being like super basic? So I was like kind of struggling with that. And what I started kind of doing was just, just shifting my focus from like what I was actually having them do. So I do all the typical stuff. I do airplane, like wrap in and out. I do okay, lead her, like swing around, run around. And you'll have more couple. you'll have couples that settle into like the natural, like they call, kind of fall into a new pose out of the pose you just put them into, obviously super ideal. And then you'll have people that are like, you tell them what to do. And if you don't tell them, okay, so do this and then this, and then this, and then this, like you're in a music video, <laughs> then they're going to do the one thing and they're going to be like, yeah, mm-hmm. forget, you know? So I kind of like started learning, first of all, with posing in general to get the natural moments, a few things I just try to do is like, tell them, okay, I want you to do, I want you to walk that way, then run back at me. Once you get to around here, I want you to pick her up and swing her around and then like play tag for a second or whatever, you know? So like, I try to put them into like, give them like multiple poses to do at one time so that they naturally, like they will have slip in and out moments out of each pose into the next thing. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'm always looking for. Like that's the in-between moments. Like that's where they're going to be like natural. And because they're just like, you told them like, pretend like you're in a music video. That's like automatically, like they're picturing themselves in the notebook. They're laughing. They're like, they can just picture what it's supposed to feel like. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I don't, I do not, (laughs) um, I just really, oh my goodness. I just (laughs) recently realized that I don't really like personally subscribe to the whole, like make it a date night for them, make it super fun. Like I want it to be fun for them, but who are we kidding? They showed up for pictures and they're going out to like dinner after like (laughs) super fun. It can be a fun experience. They don't have to be miserable, but this isn't like, uh, yes. In some ways you want to cultivate moments. Like you can have him whisper, like what are like, whisper your favorite thing about her in her ear. Like you can give them sweet little moments, but, um, I personally never been like the type of photographer that's like, let me make you cry right here and like make mm-hmm. you feel like you're on like the best date of your life. I just don't feel like most couples see it that way. So I think mm-hmm. I would just bring myself a disservice if I'm like super trying to make it some, some big event where I'm just the third wheel. I think I used to market myself like that and be like, I'm just your third wheel. And I'm just kind of like, ah, like it is a photo shoot. Like we have a goal here, but like <laughs> how we accomplish that goal is, can be fun, can be super fun. So Mm -hmm. I don't really reinvent the wheel. I just do the same kind of poses. I try to like work them in and out, like give them multiple things to do at one time. And then I try to like, I overshoot. So I've just accepted that. And I like, (laughs) I've accepted that because I need to do that to Lily. What is this here? I need to accept, I needed to accept that to be able to like get those in between shots because you need to be constantly shooting because nine out of the 10 photos will not be great. But then that Mm -hmm. 10th one is like gold. So right overshooting and just constantly, you know, especially when you, especially when they're coming out of a pose, like be even more like on your guard. You want it to yes. be literally to where like they're out of it and you're like still looking down at your camera. Cause you were like still ready to shoot. And then you pull back. Right. Um, 
And then also just like the biggest thing has started to, has become like composition and how I see things. So if it's like an, a regular, if, you know, if it's a regular running down the beach pose, I'll shoot down at their feet or I'll shoot with the water and focus, or I'll put it on slow shutter. Like I think through like, there's so many options you can do just with your camera and how you see things Mm -hmm. in one pose to change it up. Like you could get five different photos that look completely different out of the same pose. So like if he's wrapping her up, you can zoom in on their hands, put a fun, like black and white green square crop over that, or, you know, get like a wide angle or say he's like wrapping her in at the beach or something. Like that's a lot of like, I shoot the beach a lot. So I'm like using that as a location, but if it's mountains, whatever, a field focus on the background. And it's just like, you can feel the photo because it's like, you can just see like the blurry, like hug in wrap up, whatever, but you don't, you know, but you feel it more because they're not in focus. Right. Yeah. It's almost (laughs) like you're not focused on them. Like the camera's not. And because the camera's not you then therefore are like, well, what's happening over here? Like, I want to, I want it to be in focus, but it's not, it's kind of like teasing a little bit. Yes. And with like the beach, like you can see the waves in focus. So it's kind of fun because it just feels like you feel the environment that they're in and like right. you can feel the beach that they're at. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, say you're just like having them walk away from the camera rather than just like put them like dead in the center. Um, I would have them like over in the corner, like just like composition, stuff like that. And I'm not mm-hmm. by any means like a composition nerd. I'm crying my Roomba. I literally never put that thing back on the dock. And she's <laughs> me. That's okay. It's okay. It's you error. need a clean house. I understand. <laughs> error Roomba. I just expect, I can't even say the name, but that little glowy thing from Amazon that dings every now and then. Mm. She speaks as well. Anyway. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, with posing, like I'm not a composition, just like nerd. I, I definitely like, I know that there are people that are so much more skilled at it than me. Like Enneagram, she has a whole course on it. Mm-hmm. And there are certain things I've even heard people say to do, like, don't put the horizon line through their head that I'm like, I just don't subscribe to. I just kind of like, I just kind of shoot and like see what works for me. But, um, but yeah, just trying to see moments from like a different yeah. perspective and just try to get in close, get out far away, get the mm-hmm. background in focus, like crop in on their hands, just like watch for little things happening. Um, so I do all the same poses as everybody else. Um, but I just try to like see it in a different way. Like if they're mm-hmm. sitting on the beach rather than just like shoot here, they're in the middle, whatever. I'll like shoot from above, like shoot right. down. So it's just sand is the background and yeah. like bodies. And like, that's really draws attention to like them hugging in, them wrapping in yeah, between his legs, whatever. Right. It's all about kind of just looking at it from a different perspective sometimes. And even from like an artist perspective too. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay. I have two things to say based on what you said. Um, the first, you know how you said, like, you're not one to like, try to be like this third wheel date night type of thing. Um, so I want to like second that I think like a lot of the couples that I work with, like they're not necessarily in the mood to just like, I don't know, just get into this big emotional goopy thing right in front of you. Like, mm-hmm. like even me, like, so me and Charlie modeled for something one time. And I distinctly remember this because, you know, I, it, this girl did what everyone else tells you to do, but feeling it from the client side, I was like, this feels weird. So the girl was like, um, Charlie, like whisper, I don't know, something, something, something. And Charlie like comes up to my ear and was like, okay, this is kind of weird. So I'm just going to whisper to you. Can you just laugh? And I was like, yeah, that's kind of how I feel too from the fact, like, you know, being told like, hey, can you do this? It's like, eh, it kind of takes away from the moment. So I firsthand kind of feel like the prompting of like the, specifically like the talk to them, talk to whatever. It it feels a little weird to me. I don't ever usually do that. I try to just like, like you said, just kind of incorporate movement and stuff. Um, And then another thing that um, you said based on like overshooting, I, um, I learned specifically from weddings to literally never turn my camera off and really never put it down. If I do put it down, like to eat or something, I always have it on. Um, I've made the mistake of just being like, peace out. I'm eating. And then like the cutest moment happens when I'm like, 
not ready for it or uh-huh. or even like you know my couple goes and gets on the elevator and like the way that he looks at her is just the cutest thing and I'm just like oh they're just on an elevator nothing's gonna happen but it's like the cutest moment so yeah I think always being ready to just capture in between moments too is such a huge part of posing you know it's it's storytelling ultimately so yeah really? just never turn it off never put your camera down never rest that's what I'm saying just <laughs> never never rest <laughs> no yeah I totally like, I totally get that with, um, just like the, the feeling of a shoe. I think it's just like, it's kind of an unpopular opinion because I think, um, I'm just going to say this. I think like a lot of the big name photographers live out West and Mm -hmm. they have these like epic landscapes and I think it's a little bit easier for them to just be like, just be together, just soak (laughs) each other in, take six deep breaths, take six deep breaths together. And just like, think about when you were happiest together. Like, I love that. I really genuinely love that. I think Mm -hmm. it works for some people. It works for their location. It works for the kind of couples that are reaching out to them, but not every photographer has a couple that they can show up and expect them to be in tears about how much they love each other by the end, you know? So I think like adventure sessions, there's different, like there's different types of sessions, especially elopements too. Like an elopement, I could see you trying to like create like like I've shot elopements before and been like, okay, I'm just going to step back. And like, you guys just like enjoy the sunset together for a second. Stuff like mm-hmm. that. And then I'll snap a few photos, but like in general, I'm not like trying to create some big, like happy feeling like it, like I want to capture their relationship and I'll look for like how they are responding to the poses that I give them. Like if they're yeah. just not a very like outgoing goofy couple, that'll show very quickly through how they how they do the poses that I give them. And I'll be like, Hey, that one's not for them. Like, okay, let's do a little bit more quiet stuff. So I think you can still totally tell somebody's story without like almost trying to create a story that day that isn't there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why honestly I like weddings so much is because there's so much emotion already and literally like you don't have to do anything. Like you just sit back and just see how everything unfolds and you just like capture it it's, yeah. that's just and you're like yeah I totally get that I shoot weddings all the time <laughs> but it's like it's a cool oh. feeling versus like sessions yeah. it is a little bit harder to get that emotion out of the couple and it's literally just because it's maybe it's not an emotional day for them um yeah. so yeah I told totally agree with that um so when it comes to your style um how did you first find your style like what were some of the things that you did or like things that helped you find it? Um, so I think like kind of from the beginning, just like how I edited my like personal page photos, like just my regular, like high school, Instagram, whatever. I think I definitely like always was drawn towards like the color. I liked keeping the color. I liked warmth. I liked, I don't think, I think definitely as I've like gotten into my twenties, like the whole like sunshine, golden warmth thing. And like having a photography business has helped me like realize I love that, realize I love that, mm-hmm. that brand. Um, but I don't think, I don't remember being like the sunshine girly in a high school necessarily always peppy, always like extroverted, always loved friendship. And like, my mom would always joke, like Candy's getting depressed. She hasn't been around a friend for a day. Like definitely <laughs> have always been me, but like not always in the same, like like just from an artistic point of view. So, mm-hmm. um, so as far as like style goes, I just think I remember pretty early on, honestly, as soon as I started editing photos, I knew I wanted to keep the colors. And that was always a big struggle with creating a cohesive feed and a cohesive brand was like, as you're just, you know, starting out, you're not really giving people a lot of direction about what to wear to their session. People are showing up in red, they're showing up in bright blue, they're showing up in turquoise, they're showing up in like lime green, you you know, you're not really like giving them a lot of direction because you're just, everything's just overwhelming you at once. I mean, side note, this is specifically something I remember with starting photography business is just like the, like absolute downpour of just like things I needed to buy, things I needed to do things. It's just like, like deep breath. So if you're going through that right now, just take a deep breath and like make a list of everything you want to buy, everything, all your goals. And then just like put one, two, three, four and prioritize them because that's just a side note. I just remember being like so stressed starting out and mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, yeah, as far as finding my style. So with editing and stuff, um, I knew I wanted to keep my colors. So I kind of just latched onto like one photographer friend that I had. And I was like, what do you use? And she was like, Rook and Rover, a really tweaked Rook and Rover. She said, And me being a newbie, I didn't really take really tweaked as strongly as I should have. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go buy it. My work will look the same as hers. And, um, big mistake definitely was like, not what I expected once I first applied it to the photos. I think that was like the first one of the first, like 
preset packs for a like couple session that I ever bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing about buying presets, so kind of like developing your style, I feel like pe- a lot of people rely on like presets almost right. to like help them. So they'll be mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I've dropped a hundred dollars, realized I didn't like that. So now I know that's not my style. It's like people don't really take the time to like maybe look through other photographers work or kind of analyze it down and be like, I like the contrastiness of that girl, but I don't really like that. She's apps her greens. It's like, I want to keep my greens, but I want that contract. Like, you know, just like picking and choosing like what you like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for me, like I said, we were poor. I'm not crazy poor, but just like poor enough that I couldn't get a hundred dollar preset pack every week. And that's honestly what I would have done because I'm a sheep. And like, if somebody tells me I need something, I will hundred percent buy it. (laughs) And so my husband was like, okay, like we can't afford that. So like maybe pick out one that you really love and then like Mm -hmm. learn Lightroom. And I was like, "Mm." (laughs) is there another (laughs) option? Like, (laughs) I was like, okay, so (laughs) wait, if the computers, the whole TV tray just goes anyways. Um, yeah, I was like, okay, I'm going to need another option, but we had a lot of talks about it. And he was like, you know, these girls are making presets. Why can't you make it? And I was like, ha, like, just thinking about like that conversation. It just like makes me laugh now. Cause I'm like, it is so hard to build your own preset, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, him just being like, not in the photography world, whatever. He was like, why can't you do that? And I was like, I don't know. I can't. And so, um, I ended up just like getting this one preset and then it was kind of like, okay, like I need to learn how to use this. Like I paid 80 bucks for this and I need to learn it. So I started just like, honestly, messing around with Lightroom, kind of just like maybe not loving my work, not always being super proud of it, but like, you got to deliver the session. So like trying my best, you know, Mm -hmm. that's kind of what you do when you first start out and just started playing around with HSL sliders and just trying to pull color, whatever, just quickly figured out I wanted to keep the color, but definitely struggled with like making that cohesive And then I kind of made my own tweaked, really tweaked preset, was using that for a while, ended up getting, um, was the first preset pack I had like bought in years. And I bought the India Earl honey preset pack and was like, oh my gosh, where has this warmth been in my, like my whole life? Like I thought I was warm and then I got those presets. And that really was like a big help for me, like getting a new preset pack. So I'm not against buying new preset packs. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it can just be like the game changer you've been needing. Mm -hmm. Other times you get it and it's just kind of a waste of money because, you know, you didn't, you kind of knew you didn't really like it, but you're like, oh, I can tweak it. And then it's just not a good fit. So yeah, got that preset pack, loved it, used it for like six months, didn't really tweak it that much, started tweaking it more. Um, and then my friend Biba Vowels, she released presets and then um, she sent me hers and I tried those, realized I loved those. They were kind of like what I was tweaking honey to look like. And then but better. And then I used those for about six months. And then I, um, had a friend, I had a friend that was using Phil Chester's presets, <laughs> but I kind of started like later in my photography business. Maybe it was because I was actually bringing in a little more money, but I started buying more preset packs, like kind of later on. Yeah. And I bought the Phil Chester pack and that's kind of what I'm using now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I tweak it a lot to add in like all the warmth that I want and everything. But, um, I mean, yeah. So finding my style, I don't really feel like I had to necessarily, yes, in some ways I had to find it. Like in some ways I didn't really know what I wanted. Mm-hmm. And then in some ways I feel like I did. I yeah. some, I, I genuinely just feel like finding your style takes practice, like takes practice and takes trial and error. And I wish mm-hmm. there was a faster way to it. And I wish there was just like a magic wand. Right. Um, but I just think there's a reason that everybody struggles with this and it's because there is no magic wand. Right. Yeah. And um, and there's also no right or wrong. So like my style, th- like two years ago was not bad. Your style's not bad. My style's not bad. The girl down the street style, who's completely different than mine. It's not, none of it is bad. So that's what also makes it hard. Cause it's like, mm-hmm. you don't like it, but then your friend's like, Oh, I thought that post was really pretty, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it also depends so much on how you shoot too. Um, yeah. I felt like early on, I knew exactly the type of photos that I wanted to shoot and I knew exactly the edit I wanted. And so I would just go out and try my best to get that out of the couples that I had. Um, and you know, as you start to figure out, like for me, like, I know I like more like open spaces with like open sky and maybe like a field or a beach, um, sand, like I love all of those vibes, like, especially like the warmth of the West, like you said, like the West is just so pretty. So it's like, 
duh, I want that. Yeah. Um, but then like you also think about like, like you said, greens, contrast, skin tone too is a huge thing. Um, and you also kind of have to look at like the picture as a whole, like do all the colors blend in together or are yeah. all the colors kind of separated, which is more true to color. Um, so yeah, it, it really just kind of depends on what you're going for and then you have to shoot how you want and then you want, you have to like edit how you want to. So it's like, kind of like that two-step process. And then a lot of it has to do with your lens too. So basically wow. there's all the factors of photography factor into finding your style is what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. That's such a good point. I didn't think about it like that, but yeah, I mean, how you shoot. I mean, a, sh a shoot that I come away from where like I was vibing with their outfits. I was vibing with like, even the shooting at the beach, the beach is like mm -hmm. drastically different every time I go, like how the waves are looking on the sand, how blue it is, like how, right. like if it's overcast, there's like practically no blue. So, I mean, there's a lot to work with almost every time you shoot any location. That's just mm -hmm. like different, maybe bearing like a field two days in a row, like at the same time of day, you know, like there are certain locations that just change a lot. Yeah. And the beach is definitely one of them. So I've had to like, some days I like super vibe. And then other times I'm like, mm, didn't love that. Mm -hmm. Um, so like you said, it's just kind of like setting up those shoots usually for free was in my, in my case, they were usually for free. Cause I was like, I want to tell you what to wear. I want to tell you where to be. Um, it was so big in building my portfolio. I mean, there were, there was yeah. a year I probably could have pointed to like the majority of the work I was proud of and it was free. So, yeah. mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Cool. So you also do film photography, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yes. um, when it comes to film photography, how, if you are, how do you incorporate that into your packages? Like, are you selling film with weddings? Is it just something fun you do on the side? Like, so it's kind of just, honestly, I'm kind of bad. I haven't like, I haven't sat down and like mapped out like a PDF yet. That's like, and I need to do that. That's just, one of the things on my long to-do list <laughs> is like making like an official package where it's like, this is how much it costs to add on film. Okay. It really has been up until recently, just like a fun thing I took to like a beach day or to hang out with friends or whatever. And then I would shoot like an occasional wedding if I remember to bring it type of yeah. thing. Um, I've never felt funny enough. I've never really felt as like, it's like Christmas when you get back film. I love mm -hmm. it. Like it's, I just got some back today and I'm like, I love it so much, Yes, but, um, I never really felt like as like jazz getting back like a couple session or like a wedding funny enough. And I like, mm -hmm. don't say that like that photographers wouldn't, I just, it's fun. Like it's so fun to include in like their gallery or like include in like a post on Instagram. Like these are the film photos from the day. Um, I love it, but I haven't felt like the actual, like as much of like a photographer connection okay. to it. Like I love including in my packages. I just haven't sat down. And like, I've had a few people be like, we want film for our wedding. We want film for our shoot. Um, but I haven't sat down and like mapped it out. So, so as so far, I've just been like, here's a price based off of me sitting down in that moment and calculating out like how many rolls of film I'll probably shoot, how much it would cost to develop those roles. And then just like a fee for my time. And then also I would definitely want to make sure that I had a second shooter for a day where I was shooting film yeah. so that I don't have to be, I shoot point and shoot film. That's something I should know. Um, I don't shoot manual film. I've been doing some research into manual film lately because anytime there's anything in my life where I'm like, I don't do that. I like to think about like, do I want to do that? Or am I saying I don't do that out of fear? Mm -hmm. I think manual is something that's intimidated me. So I'm okay. like purposely sort forcing myself lately to like look into it. And as I've looked into it, I've kind of noticed that there's a lot of like beginner film, film cameras that come with a meter that basically tells you what to set your, um, your like settings too. Cause yeah. that's kind of the whole thing about film, right? Is that it's like, you can't see the photo until later. So learning it, learning like what settings is best for what likes it's the same thing. It's, you know, ISO aperture, all of that mm -hmm. learning what you need to have it on. You don't know till later. So right. it could be way too blown out. It could be way too dark. You don't really know unless you're like a trained eye. Maybe some people are just like, yeah, that's for sure. ISO 200 and <laughs> aperture. Like I'm sure there are those people. I know one mm -hmm. of them. But there are beginner like manual film cameras that um, not even really beginner, but like they either have like an auto setting or they right. have like a metering option that'll like tell you what you put your settings on. So I'm very like interested to get one. Okay. I just yet. Um, but I do point and shoot films. So that's basically like you load the film, you click the button, done. Okay. So, and I love that because, that, and that's what I wanted when I first got into film a year ago, I was like, 
the person that I had known. So basically how I got into film was, um, I shot a wedding probably, I want to say like December, 2019, maybe it was December, 2020. No, it was December, 2020. And it was a beautiful wedding. And the second shooter that I brought, she shot film and it was like this $2 film camera she had gotten at a thrift store. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, she was like, Oh, is it okay if I shoot some film? And I was like, sure, whatever. Cool. Like was, it wasn't really like a big thing back then. And I was like, cool, whatever. So she got the film back like months later. I literally forgot about it. And it was incredible. Like all the photos were so fun. She even took like some of me dancing. And I was like, Aww. why does this literally feel like Christmas? I was like <laughs> so freaking hyped. And the bride ended up making like a TikTok about it and everything that went viral. Like the film oh. photos were so cool. Wow. And so I was like, tell me what film camera you have. And she was like, I think it was like the Minolta Memory Maker 2 or something. So I literally went on eBay, bought like the exact same camera, took it on a trip to Utah and like got like, maybe two or three rolls of film developed Christmas, literally Christmas day when I got them back. So Mm -hmm. fun. I was just like immediately hooked and started taking it to the beach day all summer, like the beach. And then started just like my first film camera got too much sand in the button. So it went the, like it just got sand in all the crevices and it's just like a cheap plastic one that cost me like 30 bucks. Probably she got hers for two bucks, but that's very rare. (laughs) Um, so I made not two bucks. So I just like bought a new one because it's 30 bucks, you know, like I was like, whatever, I'll buy a new one. So I bought Mm -hmm. a new one. Um, and then got like another one after that, that was just like, had a zoom feature. And then recently I got the contacts T2, which is like the celebrity point and shoot camera, just because it's incredible quality, but one click. Yeah. Um, and so got that was obsessed and that one's a fair bit more expensive, but, um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got into film okay. and, um, it's so fun. I truly think it's for everybody. I think everybody, like I said, I love it even outside of like photography. I love mm-hmm. it for like personal photos and personal memories. And I think that's what it's so good for. Yeah. And that's why I would love to shoot it for weddings. I don't have anything against like shooting for weddings. I think I just haven't been as proactive to like add it into my packages. Cause it's not, I'm not quite as passionate about it for photography. I love it for personal use, but right. if somebody wants it for their wedding, because it's personal to them and they get their memories back on film a thousand percent. Like I want to shoot it right. for them um, and include it. But that's what I would say. Like if somebody was to factor out a package, I would just add up like how much your rolls of film cost, how much it costs to get it developed. And then, you know, maybe like 50, hundred bucks, 200 bucks for your time, because you're going to have to go drop it off. You're gonna have to mail it in. You're going to, you know, it's one extra thing you're responsible for on the wedding day to remember. So, right. Yeah. Um, that's so true. What, what are some of the things that you wish you would have known when you started doing film photography? Um, I, I would have to say just like what I like the ISO for the different film meant, and oh, yeah. um, mm. like, there's a lot of, I wouldn't say there's necessarily anything that I'm like, I wish I had known to do that differently because I think, it was all like, I don't feel like I did anything wrong. I just feel like I had to learn a lot, like Googling stuff. And it was nice having that friend. I think I probably asked her a few questions, just like, yeah, probably looked up how to load my film and everything. Yeah. Um, but this is a perfect segue because I just released a film guide for point and shoot cameras. Okay. So, Daniel, I have to clarify that because I don't <laughs> want you to think I yes. can teach them how to use the camera they found in their grandpa's basement. I just... <laughs> Don't want them to think that is my qualification, but, um, in my guide, I do have some links to YouTube videos that I found cause I'm okay. starting manual. So I linked some YouTube videos that I've been watching and like mm-hmm. using to learn like that there's meters in them and stuff like that. So I recommend, and then I partnered with a local camera store here that they're, they're so awesome. And they do a lot with film and I partnered with them to give away a contacts T2 as part of, um, the guide launch. And so they offered to like, give me like a list of like cameras they would recommend. So like, I have like the $50 range, the $100 to $500 range, and then like the $1,000 range for point and shoot cameras. So, and the reason I really recommend, like I wanted to make a guide for point and shoot is because even though it is one click and it's like, I'm not really teaching them how to use the camera. I'm linking videos for how to load their film. I'm um, explaining like what the different ISO mean for film so, cause it, so I really want it to be truly for even non-photographers, like a mom or somebody who just wants to capture like their, um, newborns 
first days from home from the hospital or whatever, like their kid playing on the playground, like that's all so fun on film and just so nostalgia, nostalgic. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that was kind of my goal with it. I want it to be easy for people. I think there is a place for manual and I think really artsy, maybe even photographers or whatever, like those are the type of people that want, they want to be the cream of the crop with whatever they do. And so they're going to want to learn manual because those are better photos. Mm-hmm. But for the average person, that one click is just like perfect. So right. I released a film guide basically just to teach just to put it all in one place. Everything I had to Google, it's not stuff that you can't find online. It's just that it's all in one place. And I'm telling you, like, if you want to do what I do, this is how to do it. Right. Like yeah. every step of the way. Yeah. So. Yeah. Totally. It's always nice to just like be told, like, this is what you should do. Cause a lot of the times, like the amount of time that you spend just researching everything, it just yeah. ends up being just a lot. So yeah, that's a really, really cool, um, guide. Totally. I think a lot of people could like definitely benefit from that because film is just like very popular right now. So, um, and even like me, like I'm trying to get into film. I, I do like the manual film though. Um, it's, it's just, you know, it's a learning curve for sure. Um, but yeah, the more that you shoot it, the more that you understand it. So it's totally cool. Um, I wanted to talk briefly about social media too. Um, because you are like a very big presence on social media. So, um, I guess like if you had any, <laughs> wait, why are you laughing? <laughs> I just think it's funny. I'm like, I don't view myself as a big presence, but I love that for me. No, you, you, I mean, you're very active and present, oh, okay, okay. you know, okay. like, yeah, I'm not saying that you're like, oh, well, Hannah's posting right? again. <laughs> you know, I'm famous, you know, now <laughs> she's actually Kim Kardashian. Thank you. <laughs> um, but like, no, you okay, post a, yeah. yeah, you post a lot. Um, and like I, yeah. when you post it, like pops up on my feed and you're very consistent with it. So if you cool. had like a few tips for someone that's wanting to grow on social media a little bit more, um, what would some of those tips be for someone listening? Yeah. Um, okay. So I would start off by saying, obviously Instagram is an app that that rewards engagement. So the more you can do to promote like somebody DMing you back to your story or, um, just if you're wanting to grow, first of all, I would just say like probably what I did from like the one K from like, so like the hundred to the hundred followers to like 1000 follower range when I was growing that, like my business page, Mm -hmm. um, was probably just like friends and family and like people I knew in college. Like that's probably what that, like those people were Mm -hmm. from like a thousand to 5,000. That was definitely like me trying very hard to like comment on people's stuff. Like rather than just scroll, be intentional because like, I hate to say it, but a lot of like growing in the photography community and being known um, and it's not even that you need to be known in the photography community. You want to book, you want to book shoots, but you know, growing, yeah. growing is growth. Like the more followers you have, that's more people seeing you that can book you. So right. even though followers don't matter, it's helpful. And so, um, like for me, I just released this guide and having 15,000 followers would be better for me releasing a guide than having 5,000, you know, right. and that's just fact. Mm-hmm. So, um, you want to be, you want to be commenting on stuff consistently. You want to pick people that you would want in your community, people that you vibe with people. You're like, I want to be friends with that girl. And you want to comment on her stuff until she knows your name, you know? And I'm not saying in like a weird, fake, like creepy way, but like you want to, um, you want her, like, there's so many people that the first time they commented on my post, I probably like didn't click to their profile. Mm -hmm. Um, and I was like, thanks so much. You know, I'm not saying that to be fake. I'm just saying like, we don't click on every person's profile that comments, like, or if we're all just being honest, but if somebody comments consistently and they're so sweet and genuine and like, oh my gosh, love this, whatever. Um, or maybe even go the extra mile to say, instead of saying so pretty, just like be really hype in your, in your comment, whatever. I mean, if that's mm-hmm. you don't be fake, but like, if that's truly how yeah. you feel, you know, try to stand out a little bit and that's going to eventually lead to them clicking on your profile, maybe following you back. And that's now like, that's now like a community that you're building and, um, friendships that you're building and, like, that's really cool. And so say like Cassidy's grown like so much from her reels and just all the stuff that she's done because she's so cool. I knew about Cassidy probably before she knew about me. In fact, I guarantee it. And, (laughs) and I, if I had gone and commented on Cassidy's stuff a lot and been like, Oh my gosh, I have a girl crush on you. Like you're killing it. Eventually, if I commented enough times, Cassidy would probably be like, okay, I've seen this Hanley's photo. Like I've seen this girl's name and maybe that's how she even found me. I don't know. But like, 
um, eventually she probably would have clicked my profile. Right. So that's kind of what I'm saying. And I mean, that's, that's a little bit slow going, but then say that person follows you and then they reshare one of your Instagram posts because mm-hmm. you do a really cool creative shoot. Um, that's another thing, like doing really cool creative shoots is like, actually I should touch on that in a second. Cause that's my 5k to 10k growth, but yeah, <laughs> so you want to just like build that community. That's kind of what I did. So then for my 5k to 10k growth, I would say a lot of it was creating like shoots that stood out. And I know that okay. a lot, of, I know as a photography community has evolved, everybody's kind of doing everything. And so it kind of can feel like you're late to the trend. Like, oh, everyone's shooting with a guitar with flowers on it or everybody's doing a moped shoot. And mm-hmm. it can kind of feel hard to stand out. I think just as like, um, ideas become common, but I guarantee you there is new stuff under the sun. Like there is something new that you can think of and make your own. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just want to find a way to stand out in your posts, honestly, because there, it, the photography community is saturated. There's a lot of people doing stuff, but you want to find a way to like showcase your personality and the brand that you like, you're the only you, and you want to find a way to communicate that through like your work and through posting on your stories. So I would say from 5k to 10k, it was be- like, my growth was from a lot of posting my stories. Like Cassidy said, I post so much yeah. and, um, and posting probably, I honestly post probably about 70%, um, personal stuff I would say. And like 30%, um, business and that changes on a given day, but like, I don't share like before and afters all the time. I don't share like the most that I pretty much do will do like a little bit of marketing, like for the international stuff, share a reel to my story, share a post to my story. Maybe if I just edit it, I'll be like, just edited these photos or I'll share like behind the scenes at a shoot. But in general, I share like my dogs, what I'm doing that day, like day in the life, my to-do list, day out with my husband, whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. and I really recommend that. I really recommend, um, you know, obviously you want to you want to build in business stuff, of course. Right. Yeah. But like I have a personal Instagram and I never post to my story on my personal Instagram mm-hmm. because I would rather spend all that energy and time putting that into like people knowing me and knowing who I am for my photography business than I would right. just like my friends from high school, like seeing right. what I'm up to. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, that's what I would say. Like the 5k to 10k growth was like, I'll break it down. Um, doing really cool creative shoots to stand out, still, con- you know, consistently building the community, commenting on people's stuff, giving some somebody something to react to. So like polls, question boxes on my stories, finding like posting relatable content, be you, you don't have to be me. Like I'm obviously super extroverted and I think I have a funny sense of humor, but, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but you be you and people will love that. Like the right people will find you and love that. Um, And then I lastly will say a big thing that's helped me grow is working with more famous people than me. I don't want to say like famous because everybody has a relative, like a different idea of what's famous. Okay. But, um, like I reached out to just shooting my shot. And if if you can shoot your shot, like if you are even three hours from a big town where there's a blogger that you follow, where you could reach out and be like, Hey, I want to do a couple shoot, um, with you or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, just shoot your shot. And, sometimes you won't get an answer back. There's people I have never heard back from. And then there's people that I was, they saw my DM and it was a game changer for me. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with just like a little bit more well-known people. Um, and that's really just like that, just them resharing your name. I could, I could get like a hundred followers overnight, 200 followers, sometimes like 500. Um, so reels are a great way to grow like that too. Like if you can have a real takeoff, like Cassidy knows, mm-hmm. um, you can grow your following in a huge way from that. But, mm-hmm. um, but for me, I've just shot, shot my shot. <laughs> Seriously, I, the past tense of shoot your shot is shot your shot. So say <laughs> I don't it like in it. that. I don't like it. It. <laughs> um, yeah, I've just shot my shot with um, bloggers that I've followed for a while. Like if I was, if I realized they were in the same area as me, like we were on, like in North Carolina in the same town at the same time, like I'll reach out to them. Okay. Um, I had a fa- like a relatively famous TikToker like moved to my area. I reached out to her. was like, Hey, do you guys want to do a couple of shoot? Um, she didn't see it the first few times. I sent her like a few more DMS because I have no chill. And, um, she ended up seeing it eventually and working with her. So, I mean, you want to be careful. You want to work with people who you think their followers would want to book with you right? because who you work with matters. I'm not just trying to get a bunch of followers that are like not the demographic I want to reach. And like I said, followers are not everything, Mm -hmm. but it is helpful. So maybe try to reach out to somebody like 
a fun little young mom blogger or a fun, just somebody that you think is in your realm of influence, but with a lot of followers and try to work with them, offer them free photos. And if they are resharing your name, I can guarantee that that will grow your following. So, and it kind of goes all back to like that connection side of it too. Like at the very beginning of the episode, when you were talking about booking travel weddings, like someone that you feel connected to enough, they'll, Mm -hmm. they'll take you anywhere. And it's the same with like growing on social media. Like someone feels connected to you enough through social media, they'll take you anywhere. And you kind of create that connection through social media. Like Mm -hmm. sometimes you do other times it's through shooting with them and getting to know them personally. But other times it is through social media, like a lot of the times it is. So yeah, I think that's a really good place to start with just like connecting with your followers and connecting with other people to then kind of like bring in more of like an audience to your page. Oh no. Yeah. A thousand percent. I totally agree with that. Cool. So I think that's going to wrap up today's episode, but Hannah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, why don't you tell everyone kind of where they can find you, follow you, all of that stuff. Cool. Yeah. My ad on Instagram is Hannah Lee's photo. Um, you can follow me there. <laughs> Don't follow my Facebook. There's nothing to see. Um, I do have a YouTube channel, like I said, but it's just Hannah. I don't even know what it is. That's bad. It might be Hannah Wise. It might be Hannah Lee's photo. Hard to say. Um, <laughs> but if you no, like no. follow me on Instagram, that's where everything's popping. So like you'll okay. eventually, like I'll eventually post about my YouTube or like I have a TikTok and stuff too, but I don't, okay. I'm not really like pushing, okay. pushing those right now as much as I should. But yeah. And if you guys want to get into film, Buy my guide. Um, I try to make it super affordable because I just want everyone to be able to like access it. And I don't think it's like anything crazy somebody should be paying $200 for, but I think it's totally worth worth it. So anyways, yeah. yeah if you want to cool. see some fun film photos this summer. Yes, definitely. Cool. Well, thanks so much for coming on today's episode. It was so nice Thank meeting you. Thank you, Cassidy. Yes. Um, yeah. Me. And I hope everyone listening learned so much from the episode because honestly, I even learned a bunch of stuff. So yeah, thanks so much for coming on. Expose my mind to clarity Oh, my spirit shudders Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity No wisdom rushing in So much clearer now Getting a little bit higher If I take, I'm getting good Getting a little bit better